Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. It could be a funny show, it looks like to me. <laughs> yeah, with enough beer, everything's funny. I told you to, watch, I told you to watch that double IPA that that guy brought by here. It's pretty strong. That that heretic, <laughs> that heretic stuff? Heretic, stuff. heretic beers. They're so heretic, I can't stand them. As long as it's not heretic, yeah, I think it's cool. Well, yeah. You always get it. Yeah. Any yeah. beer makes you piss. <laughs> yeah, having a good old time in the studio tonight. We've got uh, here with us uh, my... My ever so gracious and and lovely uh, dear friend, uh, Mr. Tasty McDowell. Quite lovely today, I must admit. Yes, and always, always, uh, always. I got a lot of. <laughs> Roger and I went to a bar before the show. Yeah, <laughs> surprise, surprise. I've been uh, here. I've been here like like four times. I wonder why you guys were like, a little late. I knew yeah. everybody in there. It was weird. Yeah, weird wasn't it? Is it really that weird though? I don't know. Like it's surprising, but then it shouldn't be surprising. I don't know. You knew every last soul. I hugged in the all place. the female staff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the guy who like you know kills the cockroaches. You knew them. Yeah, I knew you knew everybody. Yeah, they knew me. Yeah, there was only one female, and that's where I could find tasty. And then, uh, <laughs> then we're so there a little bit. And then some guy that didn't, in the bar goes like, "Are you tasty?" Go yeah. So he recognized my voice. He's like a listener that never met me before. <laughs> You recognize my voice. He wouldn't even, he wouldn't even take a, a phone call from my wife. Like, yeah, you know, Roger's wife calls me. What's that about? Click. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, my name's Tasty. What's up? <laughs> you got the celebrity call out. Anyway. Well, hey, uh, and, and you, you find you get that you know, when you go to these events, and then uh, somebody, some some guy standing there, and he says to his wife, uh, hey, you know, the voice, the voice you always hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that him. Happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. I was at. Uh, sitting, Wait, you're in pornos too? Oh yeah, I was sitting at at the bar at, at Russian River one time, and uh, this girl I know walked was like walking by the front of the Russian River. I mean, like just past the doorway, and I was in there like talking to somebody loud because it's loud in there, right? And I must have been like facing the door. She heard my voice, and she came back, and yeah, it was me. It's weird. Really strange. It was weird that it was you. It's weird that she recognized. Absolutely, it's weird that it's you. Well, we got we've got the uh, ever so um, ebullient Nathan Smith. Oh, we've got ebullient ever so ever so um, uh, dastardly uh, (laughs) Chris Kennedy, uh, head brewer at uh, Heretic Brewing Company. And we get the ever so pantsless uh, Roger Davis from uh, Triple Rock. Pants on, with his pants on. So it's it's a unique unique visit. 
Sausage Fest in here. That's <laughs> right. Speaking of Sausage Fest, we got uh, JP working the board in the chat Uh-oh. room. If you uh, if you are listening live, uh, you can uh, join into the chat. You just uh, click on that uh, chat now button, and uh, you can. Uh, Speak with like-minded folk and uh, ask questions of the show, things like that. This is all done live. This isn't uh, edited, recorded, any of that stuff. We're too lazy for that. Well, we insert some dirty words, because if we're not dirty enough, we always insert some, right? Right. People think it's right. fake. So Those are already recorded ahead of time. So fuck all. It's not fake. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's not edited. All right. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of fuck all, our excellent uh, sponsor, Northern Brewer. Fuck yeah. You say speaking and then follow that by anything, I guess. Right, right. You're exactly. Good. I pretty you got much the skills. I pretty much that's how I uh, loaded in there. Nice. He's the king of the Segway. I'm the king of the Segway. Oh, you we're... should see me hang corners on that thing. I'm I'm awesome. You got a Segway? No. Oh. <laughs> he said I was king of the Segway though, so I just oh, I went ahead and went with it. Oh, uh no, check out our our really the greatest sponsor you could have, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. Those folks um, they write the check every month, and they don't ask questions, no matter how badly we we tend to deviate hey, from hey. Uh, the even a good show. Come on. I think really? it is a good show. I think yeah. we, we do a, a good job, and I think people really enough. love it because we do. But I think people really love Northern Brewer because they do a great job as well. They earned that. Sure. Um, yeah, they're, we're, we're not telling secrets out of school. They... Uh, they they do a fantastic job. They opened a new store uh, this month in Minneapolis, actually. Oh, really? Their Another first one? store actually in Minneapolis. Yeah, Holy crap! Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are they growing? Yeah, they got three uh, well. three retail locations. <laughs> and, I'll, and, I'll t- and I'll tell you this: I guarantee you personally that if you do business with with Northern Brewer, you'll be pleased. If not, then. You know, you'll 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 be one way or another. It'll be made right. Try again. You'll, you'll through Northern Brewer, through me, I, I I personally guarantee those guys are fantastic. They they believe in uh, taking care of the customer. They believe in quality products. They believe in fair pricing, and uh, you know all that together means it's it's a great place to do business with. You should always support your local homebrew shop, but you know there's going to be lots of things your local homebrew shop doesn't have. When when they don't, check out northernbrewer.com. You'll be happy you did. Yeah. All right. So uh, the, the the show today that we're going to do is uh, based off of, uh, you know, we were talking about how uh, pro brewers, you know, we get the recipes from them and we do a homebrew version and try and clone them. We've talked about how uh, pro brewers try and clone the homebrew versions when they do the pro-am. Well, there's one more twist to this story, and that's when... Two pro brewers kind of get together and try and... Uh, Somebody else gets on top. <laughs> try and... Uh, <laughs> work oh, what fuck? What variation am I talking work, about? Work out. Oh. Sharing a recipe. Speaking of kings of segways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and you we, and I can make a sex joke right now? And we, we go the other way. Well, awesome. I know. You well, wanna, well, the other way. You turn and, it around. And another special guest we have on, on the air with us is uh, Julian Shrago from uh, Beachwood. Julian, you there with us? I'm here with you guys. How you doing? Great. Right. I was actually down at your location uh, last week. What do you mean by down in your location? <laughs> what do you mean? Check, checking out your beer and, and, and having a beer? good time. It's a beautiful place. And uh, I urge cool. people, if you're if you're anywhere around Beachwood uh, in uh, Long Beach, uh, go check it out. It's, uh, it's a wonderful place. Great food, uh, great beer, and... Uh, 
uh, really enjoyable. So, so uh, what do you mean, you, Wood? Thank you very much. You know, Jamil, I know, I know that I should have given you uh, my number that that night that we spent together because you could have called the head. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I woke up. You were already gone. <laughs> I, I, you know, I wondered where the dresser there was there was just a you know a warm spot left in the bed. <laughs> I, went, I went to breakfast? shower. <laughs> you don't get breakfast. That's the second date. But uh, so, Julian, you and uh, Roger from Triple Rock, you guys have kind of uh, collaborated, or you're you guys explain this, Roger, uh, Julian, explain what you're doing with this uh, special event thing that our listeners can participate in. Yeah, uh, that's going to be the big announcement. Uh, but Julian, go ahead and uh, tell us about the the Laurel IPA, which is uh, probably one of the more popular IPAs uh, right behind Dankness. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> or IPAC. Oh, well. <laughs> well, thank you. That's good to know. Um, basically, the story is um, I've, I've known Roger for a few uh, few years now, and he's he's a great guy. He's a fantastic brewer. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, uh, York, I believe it, it was at. It was at Stumptown, and uh, he said, hey, man, I, w- I would love to have you come up and do one of your beers at Triple Rock. And this is when I was still a home brewer, and I'm pretty sure Roger was drunk. But he made the promise, and he stuck to it. And we picked uh, we picked an IPA recipe that I'd done a few times before at home called Laurel IPA. It was named after the Laurel District in Oakland. And um, big West Coast IPA, and... Uh, I was invited to come up and brew it. I, Roger, did we do it in like November or October of 2009? I think it was uh, I originally. Be- I believe so. It was. Uh, we basically based it around the fact that you were going to be up here for the release. Because uh, is this on? Yeah, it's on. But you really got to get on. right on it. <laughs> That's what you, you got to get right on it. <laughs> it's not the first time. Hey, no, right there. Um, yeah, I, I I believe it was 2009. It might have been 10, but uh, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but the at the bottom line is uh, you were coming up for Christmas, so you came up, you flew up uh, just for, what was it, shortly after Thanksgiving to brew it so you can be up mm-hmm. here for the release of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, Roger and I had an awesome time brewing it. The beer came out fantastic because this guy has absolutely mastered his system at Triple Rock. And uh, that is a different system to brew on, especially knowing the history that's that's behind it. But um, uh, I think it was a couple months ago, Roger and I had talked about brewing Laurel again. And now that Beechwood is open, we had the idea of, brewing laurel at each location i would brew it in beechwood and roger would brew it again at triple rock and then we'd exchange kegs and see what happens i kind of be able to compare the similarities and and see what kind of differences were there too same recipe same ingredients different systems different brewers and and see what impact that had and actually tasty uh and i were talking about that earlier and he came up with some questions and i didn't know how to answer them but uh what are those questions? Well, I mean, it's like, you know, do oh, we mash oh, yeah, at the same yeah. temperature? Are you guys going to try to duplicate each other's beers? Or is you going to, like... Uh, yeah, how close are you going to try to be? Talk about your perfect? individual processes. Uh, well, let's Roger's talk about big, that now. I mean, Roger's a big fan of fermenting about 65. Uh, say you're not. But you might get a different result. What's the goal here? Throwing out my secrets now, huh? Um, you know, the recipe is going to be uh, more or less the same. Uh, you know, I... I 
I, I'm not sure what base malt Roger uses. I use Great Western Two Row in mine. Different. Um, but the are you are you on the same one, Roger? No, uh, RAR probably. Rar. Yeah. RAR. Okay. Well, RAR. I love RAR malt. It's got a distinctive flavor to me. It has like a really and a biscuity base malt flavor, at mm-hmm. least in my perception. But uh, same recipe, um, we may be subbing different maltsters ingredients, uh, the same recipe, and uh, we'll each give it our, our own little spin. I, I'm not sure what type of water treatment is being done at Triple Rock now, but um, I, I basically burdenize my water at Beachwood for my IPA, so I'll be doing that and see how that affects the hop profile compared to the Triple Rock version, because I think East Bay water is relatively soft. Yeah, it's it's pretty soft, and uh, basically we open the valve, and then we're good to go. We don't we don't change anything with the water that comes in. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, no, I mean let's let's definitely you know everyone on the air that is listening to this is feeling out what we're going to be doing, and let's just do it our own way. You know, I mean uh, I'm going to take mm-hmm. what we did with your recipe two years ago, and we brewed it again last year, I believe. Uh, when uh, yeah. he was up, when uh, Julian came up, and I was like, eh, let's have your beer on, because we were making a beer for uh, Beachwood's fourth anniversary, which is a whole different episode of stories. But uh, <laughs> an imper- was, imperial nice treat, white stout. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, at some point, like I, I always, I make this statement now and then, like recipe is only a small part of the equation, right? That it's it's more about you know your process in terms of how you make the wort. And then, even more importantly, how you ferment that wort. Uh, to me, unless you guys you know, like reconcile the the differences on the on the wort making and the fermentation side, you're going to make drastically different beers. Especially if you throw in the the added variable of different uh, you know different varietals, different uh, you know it's, appellations of uh, of malts. Well, I mean, we can agree to do the same malt bill I mean, but at the end of the day it's like i'm not gonna well i could get great western in i guess just to do this experiment but uh you know julian if how far how far do you want to take this <laughs> yeah do you want to be the same or not uh, it's 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 uh you know we can i suppose we could figure that out a little further down the road but is you know to uh to tasty's point i think it's kind of cool that we you know if we use different base malts it, it to me it would be kind of cool either way because you've got a different captain behind each ship. Um, Roger monitors his fermentations different than I do. And, you know, we're, we're not terribly familiar with, with how each other, you know, does each other's processes. So I think the differences will, will be kind of interesting just to see what happens if you take the same basic recipe and interpret it uh, procedurally differently. Well, and the the cool thing will be, you know, as long as we outline what the the differences are between the two, if we have both beers to taste, and then the the Mm -hmm. homebrewers can go ahead and brew the the same thing, and they can try them at the various locations. That was the big announcement. Maybe even, well, you know me, I can't can't keep a secret. (laughs) Should we get Brewing TV on the the air to announce this? Blew the load there, maybe, may, maybe they could, uh, you know, even send some into the brewing network. We try them on the air along with the uh, with the two side by side. With the two side by side, that'd be that'd be excellent. You really want to drink homebrew? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Julian, one of one of the reasons I uh, asked you earlier if you're willing to share the recipe is because uh, the idea that uh, I kind of just came up with in the last 
20 minutes, or actually 20 seconds, was uh, why don't we have homebrewers brew the beer, you come up to Triple Rock, and you you do the side-by-side of uh, Triple Rock in Beechwood and have homebrewers bring it in. Yeah, I'll bring some. And I'll do the same thing down at Beechwood because, you know, mm-hmm. you have family up here, obviously, and uh, I have family down there. So, you know, for the Christmas time, that'll be like one day that we set aside that we actually hang out and we do this little, like, event at each other's place. Have a little homebrew. Uh, I think that'd be tasting. super cool. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, and let them, you know, if you throw the recipe out on the air and then, you know, someone puts it in the forum and then, you know, we'll have Tasty do it and yeah. Nate can do it. and Oh, yeah. Who, whoever wants to do it, and then they bring a bottle over to, uh, you know, prospective uh, bars and we try it and we're like, you know, hey, this really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring him in here and then we'll edit, we'll edit out the part where my beer sucks. <laughs> I'll have Julian and Roger's beer because mine sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Unless ours is the one that sucks. Yeah, well. Right. I'm not not going to mention any names, but. You taste one and go, like, (laughs) well, wait, wait. That one's better than mine. What the heck? I think it's good to have the different brewer's style come through. I want to chime in on that one for a minute. You know, don't necessarily go through all the steps to get a different base model than you would normally use. You know, monitor fermentation like you normally would. Treat the yeast kind of like you normally would, but stick with the parameters of the recipe as much as possible. You mm-hmm. know, and that's that's actually something I did here a long time ago was uh, a single hop. A single hop. Uh, are you kissing the microphone? It's supposed to be silent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one was supposed to know that. Was a uh, was a single hop thing that uh, we, we when I was at Drake's we did, and I sent out parameters of like what needed to be done as far as malt bill. And how many BUs you get from how many different editions, four kettle editions. And everyone just took it with, you know, we matched this at 155. We matched this at 150, but we used a, uh, you know, Belgian strain instead of, you know, it. It we had at the end, when I fi- finally stopped doing it in 2007, we had probably 25 breweries on board. And mm-hmm. each one of them made a single hot beer, mm-hmm. but they were all like they had to go by the parameters of what what we envisioned. Right. Use yeah. the parameters to let the brewer style. So you exactly that's something yeah. to compare. Exactly. You, can, you can match it at one sixty five if you want. If you're stupid enough to do that, and do it, you know. But most people were always around one fifty one fifty two. So you're not trying to clone each other's beers. You're just trying to make a this a, yeah. a recipe. Exactly. Gotcha. That's a good idea. Well, and let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the recipe for this uh, this beer between two brewers. Back after this. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic 
chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we could think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Now back to Can You Brew It? All right, we're back. We're talking uh, about uh, an interesting concept of, uh, you know, these multiple 
uh, pro breweries sharing recipes and trying to brew the same thing. And and the the great thing is they're gonna invite all the uh, Can You Brew It listeners to share in and. Brew their version of these recipes. Yep, they want to, and then uh, you know participate in the in the tasting down at uh, you know Triple Rock or Beechwood, and uh, I think that's that's just a blast. So you know what is this recipe? Who's uh, Julian? You got the recipe? You could you could share with us. I do. I'd be happy to share the recipe with you, and I'll kind of go on approximate percentages so um, people can scale it however they want to. I, I suppose I could pull up ProMash and, and scale things down to a, uh, five gallon batch, but I'll, I'll start out with the percentages if that works for you. That, that'd be great. Okay. So the beer starts with a, uh, a base of American two row. It's about, uh, about 94 to 95% American two row. It's got, uh, around 3% carapils and about 2% Crystal 40 for just a, just a light touch of uh, Crystal Malt flavor. I tend to like my IPAs really light on the malt, and I try and get them to finish dry without being too thin. Mm-hmm. And as far as the hopping goes, uh, there's a first work hop charge with Amarillo. That's about 34 IBUs worth uh, for a first work hop, and that leads into a 90-minute boil. And then we get about a 46 IBU charge from Summit at 60 minutes. And uh, Centennial, 16 IBU charge at 30 minutes. Uh, We get Simcoe and Columbus. You combine them for about a 9 IBU charge at 10 minutes. And then at Whirlpool, we finish the beer with Amarillo. And uh, after fermentation, uh, the dry hopping is equal parts, Centennial, Summit, and Amarillo. Uh, I guess that our dry hopping rate at the pub is roughly one and a half pounds per barrel. So I think that might work out to be about an ounce to an ounce and a half each in a five-gallon batch. Mm-hmm. And how about so, that Whirlpool uh, charge that you put in? Uh, what's the size of that? Uh, that is the way I, I, I punched in the pro mash. It, I, I added as a one minute addition, mm-hmm. um, and pro mash calculates that to be about four IBUs. So okay. it's actually in, on a 10 barrel system, which is what I'm brewing on. That's a two pound charge. Uh-huh. Two pounds for 10 barrel. So I, I tend to, I spin the beer for 10 minutes and then I let it rest for 15 before I begin my knockout in uh-huh. my fermenter. So about, so about 25 minutes and then how long is your knockout? Uh, knockout takes about 40 to 45 minutes for me on my okay. system. Mm-hmm. So I, I could probably push it a little bit faster than that, but mm-hmm. that seems to work out fine. And, uh, I'm, I'm kind of used to looking at a recipe on ProMash and, and seeing the numbers in front of me and, and knowing what that correlates to in a finished product. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for the home brewer, that's probably, um, you know, push, if you want to kind of match that, that late hop addition, you might push that back to, to 20 minutes or 15 minutes or something like that, and you might uh, get kind of a similar character there. That's generally what we do on the on the Kenya Root. Well, and what about uh, mash temp and uh, fermentation and yeast and all that? So mash temp, I'm on the cooler side. Uh, I tend to mash that beer around 150 to 151. Uh-huh. And fermentation, I'm using uh, standard Cal Ale yeast. I've actually used White Labs Cal 001 on this, as well as the white yeast 
1056. And I seem to get the uh, same degree of attenuation out of both yeasts, but um, I ferment at 67 degrees. And towards the end of fermentation, like when it's just got a few points left, I usually turn off my jackets and let things free rise. Mm-hmm. And even as a home, even as a home brewer, I, I used to do that on all of my beers, and it will often free rise depending on the ambient temperature, temperature up to like seventy to seventy-two degrees. Mm-hmm. But that's only at the very end of fermentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one thing I don't think that we covered was uh, what's the, the starting gravity on this and the anticipated finishing gravity. The starting gravity is ten sixty-four to ten sixty-five. Uh-huh. And the finishing gravity is around ten ten to ten oh nine. Okay. And uh, I, I typically see about eighty four to eighty five percent attenuation on this beer. So. And then what about uh, water? You said you, you know, uh, Roger was saying he doesn't do anything with water. What do you do down there, water wise? Well, we're pretty lucky in Long Beach. We actually have really good middle-of-the-road water. Um, Our calcium levels are moderate. Sulfate levels are actually reasonably high, and bicarbonates are uh, moderate to low. But I tend to uh, burdenize my mash water only with gypsum. Um, The exact dosing rate is proprietary. have to keep it a secret. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I do I do burdenize with a little bit of gypsum, but I, I find that treating the sparge water is not necessary. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah, uh, and and that's probably. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. That's probably. Oh. What. So yeah, treating the it, it depends on what kind of water you have where you live, of course. But um, I, I find that burdenizing the mash water and, and leaving the sparge water alone works really well unless you've got something that's really out of whack. Uh, I, I suppose for a home brewer, if you've got water that's really high in bicarbonates, that's probably one of the things that would that might harm the beer during the sparge is if you're you know, really driving up that mash pH towards the end of the sparge. But if you've got really bicarbonate water, you can just cut it back with some reverse osmosis water or some distilled water from the store. Um, and that and that should take care of it. And you're talking about fly sparge primarily. If you're batch sparging, it probably doesn't make that much difference, right? You could. I would imagine if you're batch sparging, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So every everything that I'm talking about is fly sparging, which is really the way a commercial system works, and certainly the way that my my more beer system uh, works, which is what I use for many years at home. And Julian, how long does your beer sit on the dry hop? Um, I prefer to do two weeks, and it's interesting. The, the way that things function in the pub, this is kind of one of those things that you kind of learn empirically once you're in a, you know, a setting with larger-scale equipment, is that in the pub, I had to uh, increase my dry hopping rate a little bit, and I, I found that I benefited from uh, doing the dry hop in two editions a week apart. So I, you know, I, I cool the beer down, I get my yeast out of there, and then I, I hit the beer with my first charge of dry hops, which is half the total charge, um, in the low 50s. And I let it sit on that for about a week, and then I introduce my second set of dry hops, and I let things sit an additional week, and towards the end, I kind of cool things down even further to get everything to drop out of suspension. 
And that was pretty much what, that's the same procedure I did at home, except I found it in, you know, smaller fermenters that could get away with less dry hops, but the procedure was the same. Well, you're, so. you're, you're, you're dry hopping at a two ounce per five gallon rate. That's pretty normal for even the home, yeah, for home brewing too. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Why are you, uh, dry hopping really low temperature? That's that we, uh, most of us like to do do it warmer. Um, I've tried doing it warmer, and I just it, you know I'm not sure exactly uh, chemically what's going on, but I found that just you know through experience and empiricism that um, dropping the hops in there, my my hypothesis is that they kind of settle through at a very even rate, and I I find that the uh, the hop oils infuse really well at the cooler temperatures. And at a slightly higher dry hopping rate, um, it, it, dry hopping is a funny thing. And every brewer, at least every pro brewer I know, does it differently. And if you look at the breweries, their fermenters are all totally different shapes. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of, yeah. you know, and it, and that's another thing I've noticed too at the pub is I've I've got a set of ten barrel fermenters. And they're kind of, they, they have 60-degree cones, but they're kind of taller sidewalls. And then I have 20-barrel fermenters, which also have 60-degree cones, but are much bigger in diameter. So my 10-barrels and 20-barrels are roughly the same height. But the way that dry hopping functions in the 20-barrels is totally different than the way it functions in 10-barrels. And that might be related to aspect ratio of the tank, but it definitely, it definitely works a little bit differently in the different size tanks. And so that's something I, I encourage people to play around with and find out what works for them. So do you actually, uh, do you cap the fermenter after you uh, dry up the first time? Yep, and then, I do. And I then cap, you dry hop um, again? I, I, with, isn't there uh, typically some kind of uh, carbonation in the beer at that point? Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Um, there's a little bit of carbonation. I mean, I give the beer a few days, um, to kind of, I give the yeast a few days to clean up after fermentation is done, and then I cap things off. And typically with uh, Cal Ale, I see a few TSI build up on the fermenter, which is uh, preferable, at least for me, because I dry hop through an accessory port on the top of the fermenters. And so when I, when I crack open the fermenter, uh, I have positive pressure pushing out and so while I'm dry hopping there's a little bit of positive pressure coming upwards and so that you know at least so far as I can tell prevents any oxygen from getting into the beer and maintains the freshness while I'm actually dry hopping so sounds, sounds good. that's it and then mm-hmm. alright well, while we do this we'll take one more break and uh, when we come back uh, I want to hear Roger what you're going to do differently and what, what your process will be on this beer. Back after this. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. 
Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to River dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious devils on horseback. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events, recipes, great features stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders, and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your home brew recipes? Well, listen to this. 
with hop tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from 39 varieties of pellet hops and eight kinds of whole leaf hops and hop tech not only carries y yeast and white labs yeast for you but also fermentus 04 5 6 23 33 and t58 belgian yeast plus cooper's nottingham and windsor yeasts got your recipe ready to go pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts games and more hop tech's new website is being updated every day with new items if you don't see it call the shop they're open six days a week bn army and aha members get a 10 percent discount and active military personnel get 15 percent off visit hoptech.com today for great selection great service and a great discount hoptech.com now back to the challenge can you brew it All right, we're back. We're uh, enjoying uh, variety, of, variety of strong beers. Variety of strong beers, each other's company. Yes. I was going to say. We got this new Goose, Goose Tilkeen from Belgium. Goo, uh, new Lambic. And speaking Roger in, is speaking in so enjoying nicely. strong things, uh, check out uh, adamandeve.com, our, uh, our fine sponsor. Uh, fellas and gals, you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Oh, hold on, I gotta pour this here. Uh, sorry. You don't know this off the top of your head now? <laughs> no, I, I mean, can't. Come on. I can't pour and talk at the same time. <laughs> go to Adam and Eve, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can go to adamandeve.com and I can get myself 50% off just about any item. And, you know, you think, oh, it's probably like two or three items that I can, you know, I can get like a giant black dildo for 50% off. I don't really need another one of those. But, you know, instead, what you can get is, you know, it's like thousands of items you can get 50% off. And then uh, you, when you select your one item at 50% off, you also get three free adult DVDs of your choosing. It's not every DVD, but it's, it's you know, again, a lot of them. And for a little inspiration. And then you'll also get your free extra gift so essential you can't mention on the radio. Top it all off, we'll throw in free shipping on your entire order. And so check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. You'll get 50% off one item when you type Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, for, this, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you get the three free DVDs, you get a free extra gift, and you get free shipping. So use the offer code J-A-M-L, J-A-M-I-L, wow. at adamandeve.com. Yeah, your fucking name. I remember my first <laughs> Spelling it? <laughs> spelling your name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, also check out uh, Adam and Eve's mobile site. You can do that right now and whip out your uh, your special Touch. device, yeah. your magic magic device, and, yeah. uh, and go to com and uh, see the goodies they have there for you. What do you think about that, Julian? We're sponsored by Adam and Eve. I think that's awesome, dude. It just makes me want you more. I'm inspired entirely. <laughs> well, use the offer code J A M O W. Right. Apparently, does it, does it make you wet? <laughs> and it, start, it starts with a J. Coincidence? You decide. Ha <laughs> oh. <laughs> ha. <Ha-ha. laughs> well, All right. So we're we're talking. We're, we're actually Roger. You're going to need to be on the air here. So oh. we're talking. We're talking about what you're Roger has his nose deep into a buried glass of into a, uh, What what. Um, now you heard uh, Julian's uh, description of what his process and his recipe. How is yours going to vary? What what should the homebrewer do if they wanted to try and match up with what you're going to do? Well, they should make it right. Obviously, 
<laughs> no, uh, we're, take the pants off. <laughs> yeah, you want to brew <laughs> naked first. Uh, either that or put your thong on. Yeah, you got to protect the bling <laughs> bling. Yeah, yeah. where are my crickets when I need them? <laughs> <laughs> no, anyways, uh, we're gonna be basically be using the RAR two row, which is our our silo malt. Um, and we're going to follow uh, Julian's recipe after that. Um, not going to tweak the water. Uh, probably do the first wart hopping, even though I don't believe in that. No, didn't uh, he say carapils? I don't it, know. It exists. Yeah, it exists. Though Roger doesn't fight the believe rats it, for the I'm telling you it exists. Well, everything that I've read about first wart hopping, and we can get mm-hmm. into this, uh, is that it becomes more of a aroma hop because it's been broken down. Anyone and that, and that's actually what what I've read too for I, the most part. One of the and you I don't want to totally disagree. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we got to disagree. I disagree. All right, segue coming up. But uh, let let Julian and I speak about this yeah, for a second. And, and you guys are both seem passionate about it. It's well, like one because, of your favorite techniques, apparently. <laughs> well, I, I never do it. Dangerous. I never do it to be honest with you. And no. uh, you know what does mash hopping do? Let's take it a, a little bit deeper but uh you know julian uh, julian believes in it so i tried it and uh to be honest right. with you uh, you know it is what it is well and i i think it doesn't hurt anything i think um so it's a waste of hop in my opinion yeah you know what i end up uh you know the the data that i've seen and the tests that i've done you just get a little bit more bittering out of it it's like boiling the hops longer as soon as you get that, that those hops up to a certain temperature um, nothing magical is happening. You're just getting uh, a little bit more utilization out of it, so it's a little bit more bitter. But everything that I've read that uh, basically the compounds are not broken apart by the fact that it's sitting at such a hot temperature, a.k.a. like 170, 180, uh-huh. 200. But once it gets up to 200, then it's kind of like the mash enzymes. It kills itself, and it becomes an aroma Julian? Well, the the studies that, that I've read have, have kind of pointed towards it. Um, like what Roger's saying, it's it's kind of an aroma hop, that the pH of the wort is different, the fact that you're not at a rolling boil, and hop compounds are able to bind to the wort differently than they do in a boil. But, you know, it's something I, I started doing a couple of years ago, actually quite a while ago, based on somebody's suggestion. And I, I just enjoyed the results. And what I found was that it was an easy way for me to add kind of a, a lingering back-end bitterness to beers, especially depending on what hop I chose and what the cohumulone levels were. You know, if I were to, you know, instead of picking Amarillo, if I were to pick something like Chinook, mm-hmm. which is a pretty coarse hop, if I were to do a first-work hop charge with Chinook, I could get, you know, like a really chewy, lasting bitterness in the beer. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of the main reason I do it now is I, some of these were, were, you know, born out of things that I decided to do based on loose suggestions, but I enjoyed the results mm-hmm. and I've kind of carried that forward. It's kind of like, right, right. you know, you, you, you do a procedure, you know what it gets you. It's like you Nate know, and his you, enzymes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, that's, that's the thing. If, if what you're looking for is hops uh, reacting with the wort um, under non-boiling temperatures, then you throw them in after your boil's done, 
and you, that's what you get right there. Um, yeah, isomerization so, it, it takes place at a temperature. Right. A boil is just a is another right. temperature with more physical activity, more like moving right, things right. around. Yeah, it's totally different. Happens. What I what I found with yeah. uh, like mash hopping is I get more uh, hop bitterness that persists in aging. That is, I can have the beer uh-huh. be three four months old and it still has lots of. Uh, See, and I wonder if that, again, is like I was talking in the previous show about the uh, extended boil and the change in the hop character in those Mm -hmm. barley wines. Um, You know, I wonder if uh, the extended boil, you know, the extended isomerization actually changes things like that. I I believe it reverses. (laughs) No, I mean, the isomerization, it, it becomes like almost nullified. So now you're just, it's becoming... The alpha acids are gone, and now that hot matter is becoming the actual aroma. Well, I think I've, I, you know the various uh, studies I've seen on on first word hopping. I think it's basically been accepted as fact that you do actually get higher uh, utilization out of the hops when added as a first word hop versus when you added it at the beginning of the boil. If it's you just, keep them in the kettle, right? If you keep them in the kettle, right. but I think it. it, it Opinions vary on whether or not the perceived bitterness is is higher. Than it's different. Well, and I've done blind blind tests where I pick the beer that's more bitter, and sure enough, the the lab shows that that beer is more bitter. It's an IBU or two. It's not much, but it's it's evident. Well, you and, can pick out a BU or two. <laughs> yeah, Anyways. believe it or not. <laughs> Um, Denny, you know, a Denny lot Cohen, of, well, Jamil is especially sensitive. We all know that. Denny, Denny Cohen but, uh, sent, me, sent me some beers, and sure enough, I mean, you, you know, the majority of people were able to pick out the more bitter beer, and that was the that was the uh, the one with the first word hopping. And you know, I, I think a lot of it goes back to you know the German perception and those old German things saying, well, you know, you boil the hops longer. You know, you essentially drive off all the aromatics, and you get a finer hop character. And you know, they weren't looking for aromatics; they were looking for less aromatics and you know, just a clean bitter. And I, I think I've, I'd like to add to that. I think I've found that to be true because um, you know, Summit is one of those hops that you know, it's kind of like Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. People either love it or they hate it, <laughs> and. Uh, and there are a lot, I like. I'm a huge fan of Summit. I think it's a great hop. It's, it's got yes. a very unique character. But if you use it as a bittering hop, um, a lot of those, you know, offensive or characteristics that people find offensive, like the garlic, the onion, right, that people right. report, that all goes away. And especially if you use it as like a 90 minute bittering addition in something big, like let's just say a barley wine or an imperial stout. I brewed barley wines and imperial stouts with Summit as the primary bittering addition, there's none of that character that carries over in the finished mm-hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. Well, and somebody yeah. was telling me, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about a beer that was uh, had a real smooth, easy bittering, although intense bittering, and the first thing they said was, oh, you is a Summit that you use for bittering? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the type of bittering you get from the different hops and the different hop count, compounds. And I think, you know, the same thing might be true of first word hopping or mash hopping or something like that. It may be, you know, very hop-dependent as well, you know, because there's different compounds in the different hops, and, you know, that might also vary the results. I, I think it totally does. Yeah. It definitely does. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right, so back to what Roger, I think we I, lost track. I, I didn't say anything. 
What uh, no? What, what the the difference going to be between the, the 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 two beers that you're doing? You were talking about uh, the mash and the, the, uh, the you know the malts, and then uh, what about fermentation and all that? The the yeast you use, the temperature, you know, pitch rates, things like that. Well, pitch rates. Uh, we're both brew pubs, so I mean, I don't know, Julian. Do you, you don't do any uh, cell counts or anything like that, do you? At this point, no, I don't do cell counts, but. You know, I do dump true during my fermentation so that when I collect yeast, it's the really good, dense, creamy stuff. And I collect into uh, sanitary, graduated polycarbonate buckets. So I can see, uh, really, I, I get a pretty decent idea of, of how much yeast I'm pitching. You know, I can weigh it out, too, if I wanted to. I've kind of done that a couple times just to see where I was. But um, I collect my yeast into that sanitary bucket. And then after about, you know, a day, it really settles out into like a thick slurry at the bottom. I have a really good idea of, you know, what's in there. And I, t- I try and repitch as soon as possible. I mean, I, I like to repitch either the same day or the next day, but I've, I've seen how my, my, uh, my yeast harvests settle out. So, uh, t- not doing it totally blind. On the other on the other side of the equation is me, which is uh, basically we do cone to cone uh, in a seven barrel system, which is you know yeah we do a we do a count one one thousand two one thousand <laughs> three one thousand all right we're good uh, and that's basically putting yeast into the fermenter and then uh, we're bringing wort in within like ten minutes fifteen minutes after that. Um, mm-hmm. When you're a brew pub, uh, you're a brew pub. I mean, you can't. Uh, we don't have a lab. You know, and, mm-hmm. and to get a lab is expensive and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, you need to make beer. So, you know, how do you going to do it? And uh, it's something that I've always uh, said was brewer's intuition. Well, you know, and I, you, I think you got to You got to know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Well, and I think, you know, the way you describe it, people might think, well, Roger's very, you know, carefree and not really, you know, oh, and, you know, I wonder how the beers are going to be. I'm actually really anal about that. Well, exactly, and I I think um, a a lot of listeners have never been to Triple Rock. I think, you know, if you ever get a chance while, you know, Roger's there, that's the time to go because the beers you make are outstanding. They're not just... You know, Thank good you. beers. They're great beers. Every beer you make is just, okay. you know, beautiful. All right, produced. all right. Now he's blowing smoke up. No, head. no, seriously. Uh, you know, you, you know, you can always, uh, you know, you you go around and you drink beers around the world, and you can quibble with recipe here and there and say, well, you know, I might do, I might like a little more caramel or you know, roast malt or whatever it might be. But the the one thing that you can't quibble with is when a beer is produced, you know, beautifully, perfectly. When you know, when fermentation, the rest of the process is really well done. That beer's great, regardless of whether you like the recipe or not. Right. And you know, I think you've got, I think you got both. You got great recipes and great, great process. So why the beers are so good. And I think that you know, you're not doing that based off of well, you know you know intuition or you know you're doing it off of experience and um you know you've you've brewed so many times you know exactly what you're doing and when something doesn't turn out exactly right you know you're you're tweaking it you know making a a tiny adjustment in some part of the process that you know is going to get you the results you want and that's why it all turns out so great so you may not be counting but you're you're counting something 
So you're not you're not counting cells, but you're counting, counting time, or you're counting you know you're you're yeah. you know the, you, you have a precision somewhere in the process that allows you to do that. Well, it's you know, and this is probably another topic for another time. But at the end of the day, it's you know, I'm a firm believer in overpitching work because you're going to get a lot more or a lot less, I should say, off flavors by overpitching than you will by under. And you know you're you're the East guy you you know all about that but uh, you know we can get in an argument all day about like you know but when you're in a brew pub we have no way of weighing it out yeah we can take it from you know how Julian's doing it and there's nothing against how Julian's doing it obviously no how Julian does it does it just sucks yeah well we all I don't want to say that out loud but. You know, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, his way of measuring to see how much settles on into that bucket. Right, right. Yeah, but I mean, what's your way? Do you have a sight glass or something? Yeah, we get, have a sight glass, uh-huh. but you know, that's sight glass to see the yeast going into the fermenter. Yeah, but if it turns if, if it turns to beer, you know, like, well, I didn't get much. I better keep going, right? Well, you're just going to get more beer, right? But I mean, you need, <laughs> if, for instance, you're you're transferring, or no, if it, it looks no, thicker I mean, or thinner, it's all about knowing your system. It's yeah. all about knowing your system. You know how much is in there before you start. Yeah. yeah, I had that moment with George when we were brewing Dankness, actually, when the yeast pitch came up. Oh, so that's where the problem Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you let George do it? No, actually, I... I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was, per- it was perfect, though. His whole thing was like, Nate, just go have a beer, relax. It's under control. There's plenty <laughs> of yeast there. We'll have enough for the pitch. I was like, well, wait, what about this, that, the other thing? Even though I've brewed there about four times now, I'm still slightly mystified about how you guys are able to get the right amount of yeast every time. And I think you just answered what? the question, though, Roger. It's like, if you lean slightly towards over-pitching, then yeah. under-pitching, you get more of a result that you want. Right. Yeah, and, you know, there's and another, you're not there's over, over the top. That, that, Sorry, Julian. Uh, I was going to say, there's another thing that hasn't quite come up yet uh, that's slightly different in a commercial setting than a homebrew setting uh, is the way that you introduce oxygen. And so I, I think Roger might do the same thing, but my oxygen is going the entire time I'm knocking out. So oxygen is flowing into the beer. I'm, I get a lot of oxygen into that work as it's going into the fermenter. It's not like when I did things at home, I had an oxygen wand that I would stick in the top of my, uh, my fermenter and I would kind of let it rip for like maybe a minute, but then things would start to foam up and I'd have to close the lid. You know, I, I couldn't just let the oxygen rip continuously. Whereas when I'm knocking out, oxygen is, is hitting all that work the whole time. Yeah, so I, I, I think that helps. And I think that helps a lot. I think folks like Chris White always say that one of the biggest factors in under-attenuated beers or weird fermentations might be oxygen level deficiencies. So I, w- I would totally agree with that, but uh, you have to realize that if you add too much, then you're adding esters as well. Because the esters are going to eat that too much growth. Too. Yeah, too much growth. And Fuck that bitch. Who Esther? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's saying that? Hey, hey, yo, you, you know, too much growth, Something and uh, you end up, uh, you know, more leakage of of all those uh, intermediary compounds out of the yeast cells, and then, you know, esters. You get, uh, you know, fusel alcohols. You get, a, uh, you know, a, a different uh, character altogether. But fusels are coming out of uh, higher ferment time. Uh huh. Well, I, mean, so if that, you're dude, I think you've got to really go overboard with the oxygen to get that stuff, though. I mean, I I've, uh, I kind of do it visually through the sight glass, and I let things get bubbly but not over the top. 
and so far it's been working. So I think I've right. found a comfortable place, at least on my system. And right. I think a lot of brewers tend to do that. They, they try what they think is right, and after you know a few times, they they settle into yeah. something. Well, yeah, I, your I best measures that the glass of beer you drink. Yeah, at the t- end. taste will tell you. Right. But I'll, I'll tell you a little story of a guy named Chad who. Uh, who, you know, when he was trying to start to brew lagers and, and worked at a medical supply place, was putting like five liters a minute well, for, he had free oxygen. for half an hour into his work. And it was just, it was, uh, you know, solventy. And, uh, you know, that really, is a really, lot really yeah, he was really, really blowing it. Yeah. <laughs> As well. Yeah. He ended up with like a teaspoon of wort in the end, and all the rest had bubbled out uh, over the floor. All right, let's do this. Let's take a short break, and then we'll uh, we'll hit some, some questions from the chat, wrap up, and uh, call it a night. Back after this. Hi, this is John from Grain and Grape in Melbourne, Australia. This has been a big year for us. We've just celebrated our 21st birthday and we've been voted best home brew shop in Australia. We reckon that makes us pretty much the best brew shop in the Southern Hemisphere. Now we've got the ultimate fix for all you space-poor, time-poor and lapsed brewers. The all-in-one Browmeister is now Grain and Grape and it's a beauty. There are 20, 50 and 200 litre systems. It lets you complete a temperature-controlled mash, boil and cool, all within the same stainless steel mains-powered unit. So if you live in an apartment, you don't have the time to complete a traditional brew day or just plain lazy, you can be brewing beautiful all-grain beer more quickly than ever. We're also now making our own range of small-batch fresh work kits on the 200-litre system right here in the warehouse. Just one last thing. Mention the Brewing Network next time you're ordering online or over the phone to receive freight free on your next order of up to 15 kilos. Check out grainandgrape.com.au for conditions. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm gonna need some big plastic buckets. 
is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And then From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... Listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Jamil, uh, <laughs> did you know that there's going to be a, a winter brews fest? Uh, no, I didn't. This year, the Brew Network's putting on their brewing fest. Really? No, we weren't going to tell Heretic. When and, we're when and where up. is that going to be? <laughs> we're, we're full up. Sorry. That's going to be at the in Berkeley, the same place as last year. Oh, nice. oh wow. Cool. January 20th. Yeah, I didn't get the invite, but... You know, the reason I bring it up is I'm going to make some home brews, and I, I actually have some beers on my uh, schedule to... Uh, to brew for that event. Yes. Well, you should have the laurel in the... Uh, well, we can make that. That'll be perfect timing, actually. We'll have that for the 22nd. There you go. And right. then uh, we'll uh, carry that over to the uh, 28th. Well, and, and and Roger, what's the... Uh, Roger, Julian, what's what's the plan here as far as... If people want to go ahead and brew this... Uh, and, we, have no, uh, we have no plan. And so. participate in uh, the tasting at uh, Beachwood, uh, uh, Long Beach, or um, at Triple Rock in Berkeley... Uh, what's the what's the plan here? What what do people do? Well, uh, uh, Julian and I just uh, spoke to each other, and uh, we're going to go with December twenty second. Ah, 
God, December 22nd. Good choice. So if you're in the Bay Area oh, that, and the you... Evening, in the evening uh, kind of thing, like a 6 or 7 or something like that, or whatever? Sure. Okay. Don't confuse, <laughs> don't confuse me with time. From there at 1 o'clock, we're still working on there? dates here. Oh, you're not even going to be there at, at Triple Rock, right? No, I'll be there on the 22nd, I think. Uh, I might I might stick around for Festivus, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's all up in the air. Right. But uh, Julian will definitely be up here. Actually, the 22nd, I'm going to plan on being down at Beachwood. So I'll be at Beachwood with a couple of the kegs of the laurel that I made. Show up. Let's do a little side-by-side. Julian will be up here on the 22nd, right, Julian? Mm-hmm. That's right. It's going to be kind of like wife swap, but with brewers. It's brewer swap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it'll well, be yeah. like wife swap. We'll put yeah. it on. Yeah. We'll put, yeah. Like Roger, wife swap, you, but you more attractive. You and I have to make it just as kinky. You know we can. We oh, have to make yeah. it just as well, kinky. It'll be like wife swap, but you got to watch the other person play with your wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. There's a lot more sex No, it'll be like wife swap, except there's a chance for sex. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are married. <laughs> Anyways, what's sex? Uh, what is that? And any, oh. anyways, so if you guys uh, out there want to make a homebrew version of uh, the Laurel IPA, bring it in. You can have it with the the brewmaster himself uh, at Triple Rock on the twenty second, or you can have it with uh, Dumbass Me down at Beachwood uh, promoting promoting the beer as well. And I'm going to tell you your beer sucks anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> I think that's awesome. I think it's great of you guys to. Hey, uh, it's a privilege really, you could be insulted by Rod. It really to. <laughs> it is a privilege to, to, to invite the homebrew community to you know participate and and uh, you know take part in that. That's very cool. And then uh, let's we'll do a show afterwards uh, yeah. at the beginning of the year, and like you know everyone can call in and yeah. tell us what they thought about our beers and you know the yeah. other people's beers. Yeah. Right. Right. Or send, send it'll, be a ton of, it'll be a ton of fun. And Jamil, I actually pulled up the uh, the recipe in ProMash. Yeah. Scaled things down to five gallons. Okay. With seventy five percent system efficiency, I, I can change that to seventy percent. No, seventy five is fine. You know, Go ahead and rattle those numbers off for us real quick. All right, you want to hear it at seventy five percent system efficiency? Are you guys ready? We're ready. Sure. Okay. So for five gallons of Laurel IPA at 75% efficiency, shooting for an original gravity of 1064 to 1065, we're looking at 11.5 pounds of Tulo, uh, 0.4 pounds of Caracols, uh 0.3 pounds of Crystal 40. And it is uh, a mash at 150 to 151 for 60 minutes. Barge at whatever temperature you're comfortable with. As a home brewer, I'd probably do that around 165 to 167. And uh, as far as hopping goes, we're looking at 0.8 ounces of Amarillo, 9.6 alpha acids uh, for a first wort hop. And then we're looking at 0.55 ounces of Summit uh, for 60 minutes at 18 alpha acids, 0.75 ounces of Centennial at 30 minutes, 9.2 alpha acids. Uh, we're looking at equal parts uh, Simcoe and Columbus, 12.2, and wow, my Columbus were 18.8 this year. Uh, really high. Uh, but we're looking at about 0.3 ounces of each at 10 minutes. And then Amarillo at Flame Out, half an ounce, 9.6 alpha acids, and then the dry hop is three equal parts 
Amarillo, Centennial, and Summit, we're looking at 1.3 ounces of each for about two weeks. Ferment with Cal Ale or 1056 at 67 degrees for a week and a half to two weeks, depending on how long it takes. And remember, December so, 22nd. Well, uh, Roger, December Julian, 22nd. If it's a day late, it doesn't count. Do you, if, do you have um, a suggestion, any any advice before brewers take this on? What's the one thing they should, uh, you know, uh, pay attention to in, in brewing this? What's what's the critical component? Julian, go first. Um. Well, you you can get crazy with water treatment if you want, but I think one thing that a lot of people. Um, don't do is, uh, you know, uh, not do enough is maybe inspect the freshness of their hops. So try and get the freshest, most aromatic hops that you can get. Anytime you brew an IPA, whether it's this recipe or Jamil, whether it's one of yours, or God forbid they try and repeat something that Roger does at Triple Rock, you still want to have uh, the freshest hops uh, that you can possibly get. So if you open the package or, you know, you know you're going to a good source and things are bright and green and dank and stinky, you're good. If it smells like hay and kind of like tea leaves, probably not good. Send so it to, tri- to Triple Rock. I'll use it. <laughs> yeah, Roger doesn't care. Yeah, don't put it in the dry up. <laughs> the dank, hay, tr- just stinky tea beer. Yeah. Special. Yeah. <laughs> Julian knows what but he's other talking than that, about on Take it one. easy and have a good time with it. Well, so. I'll, I'll tell you, you could you could probably send those ops to Roger, and he he would make a an awesome beer out of it. It would be unusual, I'm sure, but it would still be awesome. <laughs> Damn you, Jamil! I trust you, man. You you're, no, you're uh, my 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 keys to making this beer or any other beer is basically ferment it low. You know, don't let the yeast be um, a be major a component. Oh, let it do what it needs to do, aka ferment the beer, mm-hmm. ferment the wort that you're making. Um. And go low bitterness in the beginning, and then well, first word hop. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> just uh, you know, ferment it, ferment it at a low temperature. Let the yeast be the backbone, not the backbone, but the background, and mm-hmm. let the malt and the hops be the like you know the, the forefront. Stars. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know that's how I treat every beer. I, I fermented a pilsner at forty five degrees. Took a Two and a half weeks to print this out, but you know what? When it was done, it tasted good. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm all about low fermentation. Anyways. <laughs> or uh, low things in general? No. You know. Hey. Roger goes low. He's braver than I am. <laughs> Listen here, asshole. <laughs> all right. He, he ferments below the belt. J- JP, so. we, do we have any uh, questions from the chat room? Uh, we have one from Spider Wrangler. Uh, specifically for Roger, he says, since Roger is talking about single hop beers, could we follow up with the New Zealand Molokka Teka Laka Mecca High Mecca Heine Ho single hop he was planning? Kazuntite. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, that I was planning. I actually have it in-house, and I am actually kind of changed my idea a little bit with that, uh, with that hop uh, to make it a uh, New Zealand IPA. Yeah. A cross between the Mutuka and the Nelson. Another IPA. It's pretty oh. creative. <laughs> you there you go. Why don't you go fuck yourself? We actually yourself? had a chance to play around. No, seriously, with, go uh, fuck yourself. Sneeze, boy. Too. They're fun. <sighs> oh, That's it from the chat. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, Jillian. What was that? You guys are nuts over there. Um, no, we had a we had a chance to play around with some uh, New Zealand hops recently in the pub, and uh, we got a decent amount of Nelson Sauvin to play with, and that is one unique ass hop. It does not smell or taste like anything I've ever worked with before. Just cool. uh, it's very cool, but it's very unique. What did you brew with it? Beer. Um, I did. I did two a beers back to back. We did an American Pale Ale. Um, with a lot of rye in it. it was a rye pale ale called Alpha Supreme. Yeah. And that was a lot of Nelson, uh, some Columbus and Simcoe in there too. And then we did a Belgian IPA that we called Hoppa Smurf. And uh, <laughs> that was all European malts and all European hops except for the Nelson Sauvin. And then we snuck in a little bit of Amarillo in the dry hop too, but it was Almost entirely Nelson Sauvin in the dry hop. Actually, I have a yeah. uh, a Nelson single hop uh, coming out probably next week. Yeah, I think I had your New Zealand nice. uh, hop uh, beer. Pacific Jam. down there. That was a different. Uh, oh, you different did. Uh, yeah. Which which one? Do you know if it was the uh, the pale well, ale or the uh, the Belgian? The pale IPA. ale. Cool, cool. And I was too busy talking to really think about it. Too distracted by your fans. I, I no, I was I was I was transacting business at the uh, fine. Oh, you're done there for uh, AKA. Days, uh, how much do you pay selling for your okay. autographs? Yeah. <laughs> what did she charge you? Right, yeah, for an escort. This is the kind of the kind of response I get. Yeah, what, what, come on, what what the heck? Yeah, what do they uh, charge for an escort? No respect. Right. No respect yeah. around here. What's the, what's the half and half cost? Well, I'm sure for a real reoccurring customer. Right. Yeah, I got a discount. That's what happened to have. He won't charge you too much. <laughs> right. He was very, very uh, friendly for repeat business. Yes. <laughs> uh, we do have another another quick question. We got to make it real fast, though. Uh, JP, this is from After Lab in the chat. JP, can you have Roger elaborate on roughly how much extra yeast he uses to overpitch? Would he consider it equivalent to pitching two vials of yeast versus one vial in a five gallon homebrew setting? I'm sure, Jamil just grated his teeth at that. <laughs> Roger says, what's a vial? So, yeah. <laughs> right. So take that vial and stick it up your ass. and then. Uh, well, those are pretty uh, suitable for that. That's pretty <laughs> right. much. They, they have the rounded end. Yeah. That's pretty much what really. they said to me when I Wait, asked that question. Wait, this is the fetish show? <laughs> uh, yeah, notice, notice how with Roger, everything ends with sticking something up your ass. But <laughs> It's only you, baby. Well, Wait, <laughs> whoa. Why was there dead silence there? No, uh, as far as uh, over-pitching, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know what White Labs gives you as far as, you know, per vial. Uh. Um, I would, you know, it's hard for me to say, like, on first pitches. That's first pitch. Hello? Right. Anyone? Yeah. Jamil? Yeah. Save me. Right, right, right. No, I, Chris, I, I think, anyone? You know, I think oh. what, uh, what uh, Roger's looking at, uh, you know, it might be, uh, you know, uh, four vials. You're thinking like four vials, and even that's yeah. not too much. You know, over-pitching on, on, on the vial front would be, you know, ten vials. Yeah, easily. You know, yeah. so, you know, you go with the three, three, yeah, three, three, four more vials. more than Ward there. Three, four vials, uh, you know, you'd be yeah. fine. Well, cl- would, clearly, Roger has probably, no idea how much he's pitching. Yeah. Yeah. But Julian, you... Julian, you... Jamil, wouldn't you agree that uh, over-pitching is kind of harder to do on a neutral yeast strain like Cal Ale or 1056? Yeah, by far. I mean, you, you can end up, uh, you know, running into attenuation problems, things like that, but... 
really it's 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 difficult to overdo it yeah yep yeah yep yeah all right yep uh let's do this let's uh wrap the show up oh would we have to we're done julian thanks for showing up bro absolutely thank you guys so much for having me it was uh i'm, I'm glad to finally have a chance to talk with you guys on the show it was an honor let's do it again sometime Maybe after the, uh, after, after the, the big experiment. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out. All righty. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we had a great time. And uh, if you had a great time, too, make sure you go to our great sponsor, northernbrewer.com. Check them out. Tell them how much you appreciate that they pay for this show so you don't have to. If you if you like this, uh, they're the ones uh, really making it possible. So uh, give them some thanks. Also, check out the Brewing Network store, brewingnetwork.com slash store. There's some goodies in there. When you buy those things, that adds to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. You know, get yourself a hat, get yourself a hoodie, and uh, you help Justin uh, stay out of the poorhouse, and uh, we all want that so we can keep talking into the microphones. Till then, Brew Strong. And open. Yep. 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 yep.